insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Glovebox. God, I love Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Best I've ever been. Guys, 70 degrees in Mobile, Alabama today. Bradley, I did think I was going to have a momentary lapse of road rage this morning getting to the podcast studio. Uh-oh. Pull out of my hotel, turn left. Uh-huh. As you are very well aware of, the streets in Mobile, which were built in 1247 BC probably, are very narrow. 1702. 1702, my bad. A school bus is turning right in front of me and can't make the turn because the roads are too narrow. So he has to do the go forward, back up, go forward, back up, go forward, back up. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, this book I'm reading, Positive Vibes, not a big deal. I'm going to sit here for a couple of minutes, let him get his thing going. Little did I know that after he accomplishes the feat of making a right-hand turn, basically on Dolphin Street, he's going to pull forward maybe 50 feet, stop the bus, put his uh, flasher, flashers on, and then let out about 55 kids. Yeah, there's a from right there. Mur- yeah. Murphy, uh, Mur- I asked him, they said they were on a field trip because mm. I, I rolled my oh, passenger okay. window down. I was like... Creepy guy talking to him in a van. What school are y'all from? And they were like Murphy High School. Mm. And I, they said, we're here on a field trip. And all total. Did they say it like that? Because it didn't sound like they were too excited. No, they didn't look too excited. But uh, all total, that whole process probably took me an extra 15 minutes to get like two miles to the podcast studio and your insurance agency mm-hmm. here. Bradley, we got a lot to talk about today. So, guys, I have gotten a lot of compliments through the years that some of your favorite podcast episodes are episodes of just Bradley and I sitting here chopping it up. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to do today. We try to do this three or four times a year where instead of having a guest on, he and I just sit here and talk and you know, we had Hanley coming on, but he no showed us. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Hanley. <laughs> I did. I did mention Bradley yesterday. I said, I need to, we need to check on Hanley and get him on the podcast and see what he's been up to. Cause it has been a hot minute since I spoke, spoken to that FaceTime guy. FaceTime him right now. We can, if you want to. Let's FaceTime him right now. While Bradley's doing that guys, I want to talk to you guys for just a minute. This episode of the insurance guys podcast is probably going to come out. I don't know, maybe a month before the one city world tour which will be January 18th and 19th. We are 0 for 3 and calling our friends pe- on the podcast. Pe- pe- people aren't answering the phone. They're like, oh, God, we um, must be together now. One City World Tour will be January 18th and 19th. So for those of you who want to attend, let me tell you kind of, I've had a couple people reach out to me uh, about kind of an itinerary. And let me just give this very uh, broad brush itinerary. So the... One City World Tour will be that first day on the 18th, mm-hmm. all day long, all got day a, long. Got a reception slash party that night. Correct. So uh, you're sponsored by Vertifor. Correct. So you're going to be looking at being in in a 
in, in this conference room or, or the venue that we're at probably from 8, 8.30 in the morning until 5, 4.30, 5 o'clock mm-hmm. in the evening. Now, what we've done is we've, we've brought in, Bradley's brought in specific speakers that can give you actionable stuff to take mm-hmm. back and utilize in your agency, okay? That was the biggest compliment we got last year was, man, each speaker gave me something that I could take and use. There was no fluff. There was no rah-rah. Mm-hmm. And I simply said, it's because Scott and I picked them. Right. It's right. the same It's the same reason the, the One City World Tour is the physical version of this podcast. Sure. It, it's the same reason the guests on the podcast are good is they're all very intentional. Well, if I may, let, let, okay, let me finish my thought. Sorry. The next day on the note, I'm glad you said that, but on the next day, the 19th, if you're planning on leaving and flying back because you got three kids at home and your wife's mad that you left to begin with and you just need to get, you know, agency stuff going on, you need to get back to work. That next day on the 19th, and we kind of do this at Paradiso's events too mm-hmm. when we go to those, uh, that next day you see a lot of people flying out yeah. late afternoon, 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock. So I think what we're going to try to do on the 19th is run up to around middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to get like a 5, 4.30, 5, 6 o'clock flight yeah. back home, if you aren't like me and you live somewhere that has direct flights, that would be perfect. You know, you could probably catch a five or six o'clock flight out of Austin. Probably Texas. what I'm doing. Yeah. And right. and it's uh the thing is too, we're also trying doing this in the middle of the week. Correct. Which I've gotten a lot of compliments on because you don't screw your weekend up. Right. You know, a lot of conferences are sandwiched around a weekend and it it regardless of how you try to swing it, it 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 screws your weekend up to some degree. Right. So we're trying that to be a little bit different. It's a small event. It's not going to be a huge event. I mean, you're talking 100 to 200 people probably. Mm-hmm. So it's very intimate. You're going to have one-on-one time with all the speakers, with Scott and I, with Andy and Ryan from Glovebox. Yep. It's it's going to be a really good event. We've got Hanley coming. We've got Troy Korsgaden. We have Billy Wagner. We have Garrett Droege. I mm-hmm. think I said his name right. Uh, Sierra Gravier, yep. which we we confirmed yesterday. So yep. it'll, be a, it'll be a really good event. It'll be one that you definitely, if you're thinking about going to an event this year, there's a lot of great conferences in our industry, but it'll be one that you don't want to miss. And um, everything is just very intentional. You know, last year, and we don't do this to make money. Mm -mm. If you're in the event space to make money, it's the wrong space to be in. (laughs) And I think, you know, know, last year we came down to the wire, uh, coming down, you know, a few days before, I think we had like $10,000 profit based on what we had spent and we had a conversation about, okay, what do we want to do with that money? And I said, we should spend it. Yeah. Like spend it on the event. Like we're not, I, I would rather you guys have a way better experience and me not have $2,500 mm-hmm. than me have $25 and you guys have a less than par experience. So we added a few features that the attendees really liked last year. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a great event. Um, if you want to buy tickets, it's onecityworldtour.com. We will cut the ticket sales off at some point because we don't want it to be a big event. So if you're listening to this, you're thinking about going to a conference, hit us up. And and also there's no host hotel this year. A lot of people have asked that question. There's two hotels that are within walking distance of the venue mm-hmm. that we, that, that I recommend. Now there's hun- probably hundreds of hotels down. It's downtown Austin. If you stay in downtown Austin, you're good. Um, there's two hotels in walking distance. We decided not to do the room block for two reasons. One, it really doesn't give your attendees that much of a discount, mm-hmm. maybe 20 bucks over the stay, because there's all kind of fees and crap they build in there. 
the only real benefit is you have everybody at one place. Correct. But it doesn't really give the attendees a discount. But a lot of people don't know this. The hotels, when you do a room block, it's like the biggest hustle in the world. When you do a room block at a hotel and you tell them, hey, I need 100 blocks, 100 rooms, if you don't fill that, you have you're, to pay the difference. The and the so it puts a ton of pressure on, on us, which frankly takes our eye off the ball of making the event really good because you all of a sudden turn into a hotel room salesman. Right. So we decided not to do a room block and just have people stay wherever they want to. We have people staying at Airbnbs. A lot of people are staying at the Fairmont, downtown Austin, which is where I'm staying. So uh, so anyway, be a good event. You guys should look into it. Great speaker lineup, one-on-one time with us, uh, and we have a few surprises up our sleeves. Absolutely. So. so, Bradley, what I want to do today with you, I've got a couple of things I wanted to go over with you. Sure. We are recording this podcast in early December, okay? Uh, December of 2022. And I like to call out the year and the date a lot of times on these podcasts, because as Bradley and I mentioned quite often, podcasting, this podcast specifically will live in perpetuity. And it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that when I'm dead and gone Mm -hmm. somewhere on the, on the world wide web, whatever web 7.0 or 10.0 or whatever, this podcast is going to live in perpetuity. Yep. So when somebody's listening to this particular episode in the year 2047, they can know that, oh, okay, well, that was 2022. Uh, kind of have a flavor for what the what the time frame was. But the thing that I wanted to do the most today with you, Bradley, is you and I share with all 250,000 agents out there a summary of of how this year has gone mm. for your agency, things you've done right, things you've done wrong, things that, and then also looking forward to 2023, the year 2023, what you've got planned for next year relative to your actual insurance agency. Mm. Okay. So on that note, when it comes to this podcast and general content creation, one thing I like to think about is, you think about like the reason for doing things, you know what I mean? The reason you do certain things. And when it comes to the podcast and creating content, there's a Jewish proverb and I'm not going to get it exactly right. There's a Jewish proverb that says every man should plant a tree, Mm -hmm. write a book and have a son. And the reason why is you plant a tree, that tree is going to outlive you. You write a book. If it's a good enough book, it's going to outlive you. And if you have a son, your, your name carries on. So this podcast and my content for me is my book. Right. It's it's like, as you said, it's going to live in perpetuity. That's right. why I do podcasting. That's why I create content. It's not to sell a product. It's not to promote an agenda or feed an ego. Or I mean, if I was trying to feed my ego, the content would be a lot different than what it is. It's to have something some sort of stamp on the world out there that lives beyond me. So, and, and, and let me take and it Scott. One, and let me take it one step further for you than that. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it is a record of what's transpired in the insurance industry relative to independent agencies mm-hmm. and captive insurance agencies for sure over a very long period of time. You know, and, and right now I think we're at like four or five years that we've been doing this. So it it is almost a record because you can go back and listen to certain podcasts where we talk about what's happening in the industry right now and and those types of things. So I could not agree with you more. That's exactly that's exactly the 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 why 
of why I think we both do this. There, there is probably once a month I think about if something were to happen to me suddenly, which is not out of the realm of possibility, might happen to me tonight driving back to Huntsville, Alabama. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But it would also be something that my son and my family could go back and listen to 200, 300 episodes of Scott on a podcast would not mean anything to them today. Right. But if I get in a car crash tonight and I die, mm-hmm. my son's 15. He'll be 16 January the 30th of next year. God, he's tall too. And, he's taller than you. I uh, saw a picture of y'all yeah. the other day. I was like, man, he's a man. That 15 uh, year old could kick my tail. Well, yeah. So, but it would be a record. It would be something 10, 15, 20 years. It may, maybe it wouldn't be until he was 45 years old, but there would be some time in his life when he would say, you know what? I want to go back and listen to yeah. all those old podcasts my dad did back in the day. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've ne- you, I don't care about that at 15 years old, but at 35 years old, maybe he does. You, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But anyway, so let's, let's summary uh, of the year, summary of the year for our agencies more so than the podcast of how things went this year, areas that y'all did well in, areas you can improve on, things that have changed, all all that stuff. So, man, it seems like January of last year was eons ago. does. So for us, you know, we've got some new faces around here. This year has been the year of, you know, we've always been in that sort of startup culture mindset Mm -hmm. because we were a startup. And we're in this weird transition period, which is intentional, but we're kind of migrating from a start. You know, there's two types of cultures in terms of structure. There's a flat culture, Mm -hmm. which is where you have basically one owner and everybody reports that person. Mm -hmm. So think of like one person here and there's eight people underneath Mm -hmm. and everybody reports that one person. That's great in the beginning, mm-hmm. right when you start, because everybody's doing a little bit of everything. You're not that busy. Mm-hmm. It's very, excuse me, it's very throw stuff up against the wall and see what mm-hmm. sticks. But what happens, and Hanley and I actually talked about this back in May, what happens is as you grow and you get bigger and you add people, it becomes a bottleneck for you mm-hmm. because you have eight people that are bringing you all their problems right. or eight people that have to get your approval before doing something. Right. And then the flip side happens too, is it creates confusion and frustration on their end because they may need something, but you can't get to them until three o'clock today. So they're just sitting there twiddling thumbs. Right. And so that's the problem with staying in the startup structure is once you get bigger, there's, there's bottlenecks. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's, there's more of a corporate culture structure, which is, you know, CEO, managers, executive team, et cetera. So we're in this in-between phase right now where we are migrating from more of a startup structure to more of a corporate right. structure with with managers and chain of command and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been the year of us figuring all of that stuff out. You know, we promoted Kenneth to uh, director of operations. Uh, we've got another promotion coming in the next couple of weeks or somebody else. And so it's just uh, just figuring all that out, navigating that. I mean, nobody's going to like 100% of what you're doing, mm-hmm. and 100% of the people aren't going to necessarily go along. So some issues there we've had to work out. You know, our culture is really good, but I also think that if you promote a good culture, it's like the couple that always post how great their spouse is on Facebook, and you're like, yeah, I know they got into a fight today. You know what I mean? Right. 
it's something you're constantly working on and then just figuring out ways, man, to, to grow the agency. You know, we've probably mid mid year, we hit a point to where I felt like we were plateauing. We were basically at our, of what we could do. So we're looking at changing a few things around to, to focus on some bigger lines of business, adding some producers, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So that's, that's kind of everything from a 30,000 foot level that's been going on here. And I'm kind of where you are right now, mindset wise, where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to hire as many people as I can Mm -hmm. and let's just figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know? So I've got an interview tomorrow with someone, which is their final interview, which is the team interview. It's a producer from another agency. And then I have another producer that's in Texas that I'm looking at hiring. I'm at the mindset of like, I don't care where they are. We'll let them work remote. Right. And then I have a, an initial phone interview with someone Thursday that's interested mm-hmm. from another agency here locally. And so and they're all producer positions. So just figuring so, all that out. One question I had for you the last few times I've been down here, most of your agency staff comes in every day. Yeah. One thing I've noticed lately from talking to different agents from across the country and large, small, and in between is it feels to me like in the insurance space right now, we have this strange thing, this phenomenon going on where COVID hit in 2020 and everybody went home and worked. Everybody bought laptops. Everybody went home. And it feels like to me today that you mean answer it. Sure. Ryan Hanley, you are live on the Insurance Guys podcast. We are calling you today to get an update on what is going on with Mr. Ryan Hanley and what your thoughts are about the insurance business these days. That is a very big question. <laughs> I'm shopping for Christmas candy at Target. He's don't literally at Target. Don't worry about it, brother. We, we don't. Just, we, your name came up, and we were like, "Man, we hadn't heard from him in a while." And I was like, "Let's freaking call him right now while we're recording." You want to know? I can. So, so when you called, I was making a point and I, I would love to get your, your take on this. So when, in my opinion, we're in this very weird flux right now in the insurance space regarding employees, because in 2020 COVID hit and everybody went home, we all grabbed our laptops. We all went home and everybody just worked from home for months and months and months. And that includes carriers as well, brokers, all of them. And now it feels like to me from all the agents I talk to is we're in kind of this blended family type scenario where if an employee's good enough and they're getting their job done and they want to work remotely, you let them work remotely. If they're not, or maybe you as a, as a leader, you're like, I want everybody in the office. But it seems to me like we have this unique blend right now of you know, agencies may have four or five people that want to come in the office and work from the office every day because they don't like working from home. But then you may have two or three employees that are working remotely. What are your thoughts on that? I think first you have to figure out what kind of agency you want to run. Do you want right. to run a remote agency? You want to run an in-person agency? Yeah. What kind of customers are you serving? I mean, there's some, there's some, a lot of questions that go on here. I think that the worst thing you can do first and foremost is allow your employees to dictate to you how your agency is going to be run. Right. And what I mean by that is not that the, not that the employees shouldn't have an opinion. I think they should, and right. you should listen to that opinion. However, don't hold yourself captive. Like, yes, you cannot. You can because Sally wants to work from home. Mm-hmm. If if you're saying our customers, our agency, our setup. 
the way we make money, how we're optimized is you have to be here. And Sally says, I don't want to come in. You tell Sally to take a fucking hike because that's, you know, there's plenty of opportunity. Only 62% of the, of the uh, workforce is actually employed at the current moment. And there are plenty of jobs available. So like my particular, you know, so what we do is we're fully remote. That being said, our administrative team for the most part is located in the greater Albany, New York area. And twice a week, our administrative team gets together because for our agency to operate properly, we do need to spend some time twice a week together from an administrative standpoint. But all our CSRs or account managers and all our producers are 100% remote. That's the kind of agency that we've set up. We're set up to do it. It's what I want. That being said, it creates all kinds of challenges. Both create challenges. There's no easy fix. And this is why I say you have to figure out who you want to be because Mm – if you don't want to be a fully remote agency, then you, you're not going to be successful because because I have just as many issues to deal with as people who are in person. They're just different issues. Right. So right. there's not a right or wrong. It's a it's you as a leader. It's you. Now I will say that if you are forcing your employees to come into the office, understand that in general your talent pool will be significantly reduced versus what mine is. Because I can hire anybody in the country. Correct. And if, you know what I mean? And what I really don't understand, like, t- so I live in New York, right? Uh, and our agency was founded in New York. The average account manager makes 15 to 20,000 more a year. Uh, no, that's not right. I'm thinking of producers. The average account manager makes seven to $15,000 more in New York than in Florida. You're telling me that people in Florida are seven to $15,000 a year, not as good, mm-hmm. less productive. That's not the case their cost of living is lower, right? We don't have all the stupid liberal leftist regulations and liberal bullshit that we have to deal with in New York. So it doesn't cost as much to live there, right? They have a real leader uh, who's actually taking care of their state and thankfully they don't have to pay as much shit. So I can, if I'm a smart agency owner, say, I'm going to find someone in Florida. I'm going to pay them a good relative wage to the community that they live in, get them licensed in New York, allow them to work from home. And now I have a high quality employee that versus what I would get here in New York, um, I'm getting in another area. I'm paying them a relative competitive wage for their market. But now I get to pull from an enormous talent pool. Right. So, you know, these are some of the things at our disposal. But if you're going to do that, that is a completely different way to lead guys. Like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I have, there's a lot of crap that comes from that. You know what I mean? Uh, All of a sudden she's, you know, she's not there for an hour or he decides that he's going to show up late. How do you manage that? Mm -hmm. You're not managing it where you get to give them the stink eye when they walk in the office and you got, you know, you have to call them and you got to pip them. I mean, we pip people constantly. What does pip pip mean? uh, Performance improvement plan. Gotcha. Cool. So when, when you fall off target or you start dicking around, we put you on a pip. It doesn't mean you're in trouble. It just means, hey, for some reason, you seemingly are really struggling with this particular thing. Mm-hmm. We put people on pips just because there was one specific task they were really struggling with. They weren't in trouble. They weren't They weren't even – there was no chance of them getting fired. It was just uh, the performance improvement plan was you're really struggling with getting certificates of insurance out. For this next month, we want you to focus on them. We want you to get them done. We want you to do them really well. And I want to know that after the, in the next 30 days, you can pump out a certificate of insurance like an absolute rock star. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, she worked on it, she got better, and now she crushes them. It's not even an issue. Right. So there's just it's it's just different. Yeah. But I think allowing your employees to dictate to you how things are done is the biggest mistake agency owners are currently making. Mm. Hey, right, Ryan, we'll we, leave you with that. We have got to run. I will call you back later and talk on a personal level. Okay. You call me live, bro. That's it. Exactly. Bro. I got you. I like that flannel, by the way. So He's so let him get back to his Christmas shopping. There you go. So here's what we're doing at iProtect Insurance. Yes. So you seem to be more in the camp of, I prefer my people be here. Well, because they're, they're here. They're, they're not working from home. Right? Yeah. They're, they're here. But we, everybody in there, if they wanted to work from home, could. Correct. And that, we're, we're kind of a hybrid of the two. So, so you're bringing me back to my original yeah. point where it seems like today, and we're in the same camp. So I have three account managers that work from home. Two are VAs in the Philippines. Right. One uh, is a senior account manager. She works remotely from home. But what I've noticed is, and this kind of flies in the face of what Ryan just said, I've noticed that there are a lot of agencies out there that have some form of blended family mm-hmm. relative to a very large agency in Huntsville, Alabama followed the hub model because Mm -hmm. they lost a very good account manager to hub Mm -hmm. because they would not let her work remotely and hub would Mm -hmm. hub also offered more money. So what they've done, they've sent all of their account managers home. They work remotely. And then the producers come into the office. It's almost like a real estate setup Mm -hmm. where you've got desks in an office and maybe two days a week open desk office. Yeah, Yeah. Something like that. I'm just seeing more of this almost blended family type yeah. scenario. Uh, I think that's where we are. I'm 100% okay with remote. Uh-huh. And I'll be honest with you. So I've, I stated on a podcast a few weeks ago, I, I've been in super acquisition mode. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I've got several PLs I'm, I'm looking at right now. A lot of them are smaller agencies uh-huh. because the big firms aren't interested in the, the small agencies. Right. And, the first thing I do when I get a PL for a business I'm looking to acquire is I go and I strike through expenses. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for and I conservatively, mm-hmm. right? But when you when you when you buy a business, especially when you are buying a business and merging it into a business that you already have that's in the same industry, mm-hmm. there's going to be expenses that you have that that business has, but you don't need it because you already have it. Correct. For example, phone system. Right. A- AMS. CRM. Which, which, which that expense may go up, right? Because right. you know, if you're putting right. them on your AMS, then that dollar amount will go right. from. But take a phone system for example, right? I'm just going to port the numbers. I'm going to cancel their phone plan, right? right? So I don't need that phone plan. So I go right. through and I conservatively strike through, right? And a lot of times you can create a ton of spread. Uh-huh. There was one agency, which it was a bigger agency that I would have had to finance. And the payment on it would be like 30 grand a month. Uh Okay. Right. Big agency. But I eliminated $50,000 a month in expenses, just conservatively stuff I don't need. Right. Right. So, so I think, uh, so when I do those strike throughs, especially in these smaller agencies, overwhelmingly, a lot of these smaller agencies, dude, are not profitable mm-hmm. or they made a profit this year. They didn't make one last year. They made one the year before, but they didn't make one the year but before that. But is that, that because right? the owner's pulling all the money out? No. In, in, no. in form of distributions and salary? Nope, it's not. And in the majority of them, if they would eliminate the office and the expenses that go with an office, they're profiting $10,000, $15,000 a month. Mm. And 
So I say that to say, if things ever went to hell in a handbasket at yeah, Portal, we would just go thing. remote. Yeah. The reason I have an office is because I like to have an office. Sure. And everybody that works here is working here because they want to work in an office. I'm 100% a fan of both. I agree 1,000% with Ryan's point that you can pull talent from other areas. Like I said, I'm interviewing a, a producer now in Texas that I think is going to be a rock star. I cannot tell um, you to your point and Ryan's point because I'm in hiring, I've been in hiring mode and I've talked to 10, 15 potential employees, how many of those people or, or through the grapevine through somebody else will say, well, this person's a rock star and they would do a fantastic job for you, but would you let them work remote? Yeah. And that goes to your point and yeah. Ryan's point of when, if you are willing to do that mm -hmm. for cer either certain people or you, like you said, you, you you take everybody remote, your talent pool that you're able to pull from at that point goes from a pond to like the Gulf of Mexico. Mm -hmm. But then as a leader, how willing are you to allow somebody to do that? Because my opinion on it is, especially for the boomer generation, it would be really hard for me if I was like 68, 70, 65 years old to have the trust in people. Yeah. And and I know there's 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 ways like um these companies like Coverdesk, these mm -hmm. VA companies, you know, when you get your computer as a VA, they've already got software in that computer that's monitoring what you're doing every day. Mm -hmm. Which I don't blame them for that. They should because right. that's what keeps somebody from, you know, screwing off for half a day. And then making up some stuff on their end of day report and saying, well, this is all the stuff I did today. So here's my thought on that. Employee output matters a lot more than the hours that they work. Agreed. We, tell, we tell our people that all the time. The, the two things that you should judge your employees on, their output mm -hmm. and are they a good teammate yep. and a good person? Mm -hmm. That's it, right? And we had a, a remote employee I remember. Recently, I remember this story. Recently that, no. I don't think so. We had a remote employee recently that was doing some video editing for us, uh -huh. eight hour day. Uh -huh. And I told him, I said, look, if you get your job done in six hours and you want to screw off the last two, I'll pay you for the last two. Right. Because I didn't want, what I didn't want to happen is I would rather get the videos back than them pace themselves. Than them pace themselves and make sure they get it done. Correct. Getting those videos back faster is more important to me mm -hmm. than the fact that you work eight hours. You know what Correct. I mean? Correct. So I think the way you manage those remote people is are they getting their job done? A or B? Correct. It's yes or no. Uh it's if you got a remote producer, are they hitting their goals? No. Okay. If you're not hitting your goals, okay, what are you doing that's preventing you from hitting your goals? Oh, well, I'm doing laundry for two hours a day and I'm going to yoga. And okay, well, we might should eliminate a few of those things because you are not hitting your goals. Right. I'm not going to not let you go to yoga if you're getting your job done. Sure. It's the same thing. You know, as far as the office goes here, kind of my general, my general rule is, I mean, if you're within driving distance of the office, I feel like we yeah, should, should, we go. should, we should be in the office. Um, you know, I, Brandon I, I has a unique position because he's here filming. He has to be here, sure. you know, but he works from home some too. And listen, if they're working from home. They're going to cook dinner on the clock. They're right. going to do laundry on the clock. Correct. But as long as they're getting the job done, you should not care. Agreed. It should not matter. So, so moving on from that, I think we beat that horse Sorry. to glue. You're, that's something that, I'm passionate about. I though. agree. I, and me too. Uh, and it's something I'm seeing because I've been in hiring mode and I've talked to a lot of producers and account managers and agency owners. 
and it just feels like we're back. We're not back to everybody working in the office. It's it's like I told you earlier, a blended family of a lot of agencies have people coming in. And, and in fact, in my agency, and I, I can't speak for others, but we have a lot of people that want to come in the office. They don't want to work from home. Mm-hmm. But moving on from that, let's talk about 2023 in your agency. Yeah. Goals, things that you want to achieve in 2023 relative mm-hmm. to the insurance agency. Where are you with that? Or have you had um, time to think about it? To a degree. So we want to acquire an agency. We want to acquire a decent well, size agency. Let me stop you right yeah. there. What has been the biggest challenge? There's been a couple of podcast episodes in the last three or four weeks where you've brought up this point that I've looked at five agencies, I've got their P&Ls, blah, 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 but you haven't pulled the trigger yet. Mm-hmm. Is that just... It's been is, different is, on every one. Okay. Um, I didn't know if it was like, that's just standard operating procedure. You look at 15, you might be, maybe you buy one. It's a little bit of that. Okay. It's a little bit of, it's, it's a little bit of, um, you know, a lot of real estate people will tell you that if you want to buy real estate, you need to look at a hundred deals first. Right. It's the same thing with buying insurance agencies. Mm-hmm. Look at as many as you can. That way, when you pull the trigger, you know exactly what you're looking at. Right. So going through and and I mean, I'm I'm telling people I'm interested in agencies that I'm really not interested in, just mm-hmm. so I get in the habit of looking at stuff. Sure. So it's been different on every one. You know, I had one that was in. Uh, I don't want to say that. Yet. So I'm, I'm under NDAs on most of these, I so I can't. No, I, I have to be very no, careful. Um, there was one that was in an area that both you and I are familiar with. That's up by you. That's a very good area, but there was just was not there was not a value add. The agency wasn't that big. So my thing is, if I'm going to have to finance it or really put some resources to it, I want it to significantly increase the size of our agency. You know what I mean? Double, triple, etc. Right? I don't want to waste my time on something that at I don't want to waste my time on an agency that we could just write that much in production. Right. You know what Grow I mean? Grow organically in yeah. one year and you, you're there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there was one last week. I actually made an offer on it. It was a, a small agency, about a quarter million dollars in premium, very small. And I offered way less than what the person was asking mm-hmm. because, and I didn't say this because it would have been a jerk thing to say, but we can write that much premium in a month. Right. We do write that much premium in a month. Right. So I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that one, it wasn't that big, the one, the first one I was talking about, and there were not a lot of value adds. Mm-hmm. By value add, I'm looking for value added agencies. So value add meaning I'm looking for a carrier we don't have. Right. I'm looking for a rock star employee that we can bring on. I'm looking for an area that's that adds some value. This agency didn't have any of those. And then the last thing is there were not many expenses I could eliminate. It was, it was operating pretty lean. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't a there, delta. It, there wasn't a Delta there for me. Mm-hmm. There was another one that I had under, had under contract. We went all the way through the due diligence. We're literally two or three days before closing. The seller decided that they didn't want to sell no, nothing to do with me, right. uh, personal reasons. So that one, I kind of wasted a bunch of time on that one. It's been different stuff every time. You know, there was there's one that I put an offer in and it was sold before I got my offer. So it just it just there's been all kind of stuff. But our goal as an agency is to acquire an agency combined with adding more producers that are consistently producing and hitting their goals. Correct. And the goal is just to grow the the, the two re, the two reasons we want to do that is grow the agency and diversify outside of coastal, which is the main reason I'm looking at agencies all over the country right now to buy. Um, not all of them are here local. 
And because um, you hit a plateau, right? You hit a point to where you can only produce so much. We we talked about this the on the phone the other so night. Much. Yeah. So yeah. we're growing, we're growing by about two to two point five million in premium every year. Right now we're at that's great growth, but we want to we want to be a big agency, and and we're going to need to add some more people, and we're going to need to acquire in order to do that. So that's that's kind of our goals for next year, and then continue to just build out our our company structure corporate structure and in processes and that sort of thing so, so when do you work yourself out of a job i've already done that i've already yeah. i did that last year um i uh when i when i was out with luke I, what i do as an agency owner here is is shockingly different than most agency owners i mean i don't sell policies i don't deal with customers it's a true like i don't mean this from an egotistical standpoint but it's a ceo role right and working on um, the business yeah, not so in the when business. i went out with luke I delegated so much to my awesome team. That's why Kenneth is director of operations because I wanted to create more room for myself to push and grow the agency. Right. Um, and, give my, your, and give yourself more freedom. More freedom. My kind of next step for me is to add an assistant, administrative mm-hmm. assistant. I've put off doing it for a while. I had a, a, a virtual assistant at one time that was kind of acting as um, administrative assistant. But I put off adding an actual executive assistant or administrative assistant for a while because I feel like a lot of business owners get themselves an assistant out of ego. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to be that guy. Uh-huh. Um, but we're getting to the point now to where if I added a really good admin that could take some stuff off of me, like so we, we could really be pretty efficient. Going so. going back to what we talked to Ryan about. <laughs> I'm trying to get Brandon to do it. Going back to what we what we talked to Ryan about, does a great executive assistant or administrative assistant need to be somebody with an office next to yours or can it be a virtual assistant that's acting as your executive assistant? It can be. Um, Uh It can be, but for the sake of what we're doing, I think it needs to be in the office because I need them in a lot. But what, one of the things I'm going to have them do is sit in on meetings with me, which we can do zoom and Hey, these are all the things you need to do after this, Mm -hmm. take notes and that sort of thing. So I think, for that position, because I've had a couple people I've interviewed for it ask me that. Yeah, I think initially in the beginning, probably first six months in the office, and then we'll decide if it's something that could be done from home. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of air, but, but not, but not of, a VA, but not, not a VA, not a VA, another no, not country, a VA, not a VA. Um, Why? Because they just can't get their fingers on everything, and you can't talk to them face to face. Yeah, and talk about needs wants now i think what we'll schedules. do is we'll hire that person a va right yeah Eventually. you know what i mean right yeah yeah that makes sense because there's certain things that that the vas from an assistant standpoint just can't do you know what i mean um one like what i said one of the main things i want my assistant to do is sit in on meetings mm-hmm. take notes and hey bradley here's your notes and here's the actionable things you need to do and then hold me accountable to that right and then sometimes i think culturally that's lost i would the agree VAs. with that so with 15 minutes left in this podcast, Sorry. I'm gonna I've, swing I've it. Shared. I'm gonna swing it back on you and you ask me questions. Tell right. me what tell me what you want to know from me. I explain to everyone how you peed your pants yesterday. I'm kidding. <laughs> if you hear that, you're gonna hear that in a future episode. Probably three or four. Uh yeah, probably three or four. So what are you guys trying to do in your agency? I know you mentioned yesterday that 2023 is going to be the year of accountability mm-hmm. for your agency. Mm-hmm. I sent you a video last night. Did you watch it? I watched the first five minutes of it, but I was going to watch it on my way home today. That's that's a really good video on accountability. accountability. Yes. So I have to go, I have to go rewind before I go forward. 
our agency for the year 2022, our mantra has been, and I, I can't take credit for this. Justin Miller came up with this. Uh, it was the year of learning. 2022 was the year of learning. Uh, we made a lot of mistakes. Uh, we went back in a lot of areas. We had the uh, fraudulent money thing happen where we had an employee steal $104,000 worth of, uh, of money from us. Uh, we hired a lot of people that we ended up having to let go because they just didn't get it. Yeah. It was a year of learning. It was a year of losing. I would say lost a pretty good number of clients. Did y'all grow the agency based on, overall? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we, we're a lot like you, you know, we write $250,000, $300,000 a month in premium. And I know we probably should be talking revenue instead of premium here, but for the sake of ease of people understanding this, that's about where we are. When I let go the last person in October that was not mm -hmm. performing the way we needed them to perform, I made a decision, hell or high water, we are going to go hire the very best people that we have to hire to make sure that this agency can run like a sewing machine and that yeah. I give all of our producers every single conceivable thing that they need to be successful. When you have a producer that doesn't work out, uh -huh. had one um, this year. Do you, how much of that do you feel like is your fault? Because when it happens here, I feel like it's 100% my fault. I would have answered this question differently a year ago. I would have said it's a hundred percent on me. Yeah. I now am so jaded mm -hmm. by the things that have happened over the course of the last year in our agency. I believe that hiring is you're taking a chance on somebody, no matter how many uh, mm -hmm. behavioral profiles and uh, whatever you're taking a chance on that person. You, and, and we gave them every conceivable right. opportunities to succeed. They chose to fire themselves. And in fact, the day that I called to fire them, they quit Right before. As soon as I got on the phone with them. Well, and that's why before I, asked, I could say anything, they said, Hey, before you say anything, I got to tell you something. I'm quitting. Yeah. And then they told me they're, they're leaving. And I say that I should clarify. I feel like it's 100% my fault, like uh -huh. the way I feel about it, right. but I also know it's not correct because it's still partly right. But, but I, I am my most stressed when I have a new person here that's figuring, trying to figure it out. Correct. And I feel just so responsible for their success, especially in the beginning, because it's very, that, that first six months is very crucial, mm -hmm. very crucial. Now I will say this, and I don't believe you've ever done this before. The last two hires that I made this last month, one was a personal lines agent with 16 years experience. The other was a senior commercial account manager with 16 years experience. And I have been beyond shocked at how little training they need. Well, yeah. Because you're talking about day one, both of them probably knowing more about the insurance industry than I do. Yeah. So all you're really having to do is is put all their systems and things in their computer, uh, the, the computers that you're setting up for them, and then show them, okay, here's how we use this these systems, and buddy, they are off to the races. Mm. There is no... What I've noticed, the producer that we did have to let go this year, I guess technically they quit if we want to get technical about it. They were young. They didn't have a lot of experience in the industry. And so there was a lot of handholding. 
A lot of hand-holding. With experienced, great people that you hire, now again, you're going to have to back a Brinks truck up. Those people who are self-starters, that, that are self-motivated, mm-hmm. but you, you, you load that shit up on their computer and teach them about one time how to use it. They are off to the races. So we got two minutes before you got to be on that call. Well, she said between 12 so, and 1230. So I got some time. I got five. Can I got I, at least five. Can I ask a question? Yeah. You've hired two people. Three people. Three people. Yeah. So you've hired an account manager. Two, two account managers. And a producer. And one producer. How are you finding these people? What are you doing? I have I have a number of agents ask me that question. When I when I had to let that other account manager go in October and I made the decision we were gonna hire the very best people we could we could get, not just the best people we could find, I started reaching out to people in the industry that I knew had their ear to the ground on what was going on on an agency to Are agency these people basis. Locally. Locally, okay. yeah. So I reached out the, the 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 first person I reached out to was a girl named Lisa Blankenship who is the director of marketing for a uh, company that does water and fire restoration. So for years, all that Lisa Blankenship has ever done is go into places like portal insurance and Mm -hmm. get to know all the girls in Bradley flowers office. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's where she shines is she builds relationships with these people. And not only does she go in and pass out uh, pens and uh, bed, bath and beyond bath soap and all this other stuff, She'll sit down and before she leaves in an hour, she's got all the skinny on everybody in the agency. Yeah. And once I got in touch with her, she literally just started throwing names at me, three or four names. And through talking to all of those people, they would give me three or four more names. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're looking for this person, there's, there's this person that works at this agency that I know is not happy because I went to lunch with her last week. Right. And so it just kind of, snowballed on itself and it gave me a pool of probably five or six different people to pull from. And then I just start talking for an hour on the phone with each one. So of them. how are you reaching out to the people that you find? Uh, just pick, uh, get their phone number from, I heard you're not happy. Heard, you know, heard you might be ready for a change. I, I got something I just want to ask you about, mm-hmm. just talk to you about. Yeah. And, and then just have an hour long conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you do with a prospect. Yeah. You know, we've been doing some of that. It's really, I, I asked those people that too. And usually, the, who who's crushing it out there? They'll Correct. give you two or three names. Mark. Now, now, let me tell you one I found to be hard to get to get to play ball with you. And I don't remember who it was that brought this to my attention, but they said marketing managers. Yeah, because they go in agency. You got to be careful because you, you, you got to be them, careful. Yeah, you don't want to put them in a tight spot. And a lot of times, that marketing manager is not dealing with the people in the agencies that you're looking to hire. They want right. to come into the portal insurance and talk to Bradley. Right. So they don't really have a flavor for what's going on out there with Kenneth or Natasha or anybody else. Right. But these vendors that that specifically go in and want to talk to the the claims manager and the personal lines account manager, those people, if they're mm-hmm. good, they know all the the dirt, all the all the for sure stuff, you know. For sure. Yeah. And we've used a strategy too of reaching out to people that are potential referral partners of other agencies. Oh. Hey, hey, who who's crushing it? Yeah, who who you sending business to? Right. Let me tell you somebody else you can go to. Through the grapevine, you're going to hear who's selling. Yeah. In your area. Yeah. We that. had a humongous Allstate agency sale down the street from us this year to another Allstate agent. I well, feel bad for that guy. And I uh, I did not have to reach out to that person's people. 
but there was an opportunity there when I heard about that sale for me to start Facebook stalking. Hey, mm-hmm. heard, heard y'all sold out. Don't know what you got going on. Uh, but you know, would love there's, there's an opportunity there when you hear of an agency mm-hmm. selling for sure. Cause things are about to change. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the most important thing too, man, and I'm, and I'm guilty of not doing this. Um, I read a book recently about recruiting and it made this point and I agree wholeheartedly. You've got to always be recruiting. Yeah. Always. You've got to, you've got to always have people on the bench. Now, I don't think you need to mislead people. They need to know, hey, I don't have an open position now, but I will in the future. Right. And you have that pool to pull from um, because if you have all of these great candidates lined up that want to come to work there, your team's going to perform better. Correct. And if your team doesn't perform better, then you have somebody to bring in off the bench. Right. So 2023, and then we'll close with this. For the year of our Lord, 2023, our mantra in our agency this year is going to be the the year of accountability. As I mentioned on another podcast, that is a big problem because people do generally don't want to be held accountable. Uh, they kind of want to do what they want to do. They don't want to be held accountable. So I put together, here's our small, here's my small agency business plan for this year. Everybody needs to write this shit down. Number one, get clients, keep clients. It's a Mike Stromso saying, get clients, keep clients. If there's one thing I could say about the insurance industry, if you wanted me to write a business plan, a formal business plan, that would be number one on my list. You want to get clients and then you want to slam that back door, right? Number two, treat clients and teammates the way you want to be treated. That goes back to what Bradley said about culture. What were the two things you said, Bradley, about employees? Number one, well, I wrote this down somewhere. You said employee output, really important. How do they treat their teammates? Uh-huh. How do they, you know, do you they, can't, you can't be the, the prima donna producer that thinks just because you outsell everybody, you can treat everybody like crap. That's a good way to get fired. Which Bradley Flowers has been guilty of in the past. That's a good way to get fired. Line. That's a good yeah. way to get fired. Right. But number, you also can't be miscongeniality and then not sell anything either. You have to have both of those. Number three, this is the law. I live by the rule of three. Number three, business plan for I protect insurance for 2023. Know your job. Do your job and do it with number one, accuracy, and number two, speed. In the insurance space today, the world we live in, people buy products and services off places like Amazon, and they are used to buying it instantly, getting it quickly, but speed is of no use if the package I buy from Amazon shows up in another city somewhere and I never get it. Mm -hmm. Same thing in insurance. It's great to be fast and get that COI to that lender as fast as you possibly can. And that's what we want. But if all the shit on the damn COI is wrong, well, guess what you're about to get to do? You do it again. You're going to do it over. So calls an ENO claim, right? So fire, fire and forget is great, but you got to have accuracy. And in order to do your job with speed, you got to know your job. Mm -hmm. So know your job, do your job and do it. Number one with accuracy. That's first. Mm -hmm. If you got to do it a little bit slower, that's fine until you get, you know, 10,000 reps. And then we want that speed to come. The problem with a lot of agencies that have a lot of turnover and we've had some in 2022, we haven't had like, massive turnover, like some people I know, but the more turnover you have, the less speed you have and the less continuity among your team members, it just takes longer to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. Or or maybe people don't know their roles and, 
and maybe something falls through the cracks. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about continuity within a team is a big deal and it's very important because of that speed. You can't get to speed if you never have continuity. So 2023 is going to be a year of accountability. We're going to focus on best practices. We're going to focus on numbers. One thing that really concerns me, secret time for just a minute, as much money as I have spent on these new hires, Bradley said it earlier, I hired two account managers and one revenue producer. Well, that's a little bit of a problem, right? Because uh, we needed that. And we, mm-hmm. we and, and overall, I think that'll help slam the back door shut because they're so good at what they do. But we, buddy, more importantly in an agency like ours is we need to continue to build and, and hire fantastic revenue producers. Mm-hmm. My next hire is going to be a jam up commercial agent. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to talk to any podcast listener that is in any part of the United States as a, as a seasoned veteran writing from a commercial standpoint at a minimum, a hundred, dollars $200,000 a month in premium. I'd want to talk to them and I would, I would be willing to let them work remotely. I would want to know what their niche is, but I would be all over speaking to them if they're not happy with where they are, their commission cut, what they're doing, who they're working with on a day-to-day basis. That's the next thing I need is this commercial agent who is a rock star and don't really give a shit where you live. Uh, If you're putting those kinds of numbers on the board and you're a good person and you're a good teammate, I would be willing to speak to them. I would want to speak to them and try to bring them on the, in the fold because that's the next person we need to hire. Yeah. I agree. So any of you guys out there, Hey, let me say this. I'm going to leave y'all with this. And then we're going to get off this podcast. I'm willing to talk to you. I want to talk to you, but you better not come at me with this. Scott, I want to come to work for you and then not have a resume of success. Mm-hmm. I don't need any more. Yeah, I write $10,000 a month in, in green new premium. Nope, 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 nope. It's going to have to be somebody that can put the numbers on the board. And by the way, our numbers show up on the board every day, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. That, uh, what is that? Is it Agency Zoom that sends me all of our producer yeah. sales numbers? Yeah. So it's going to take me about one week to figure out whether what you're telling me is a bunch of bullshit or not. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and if if you tell me you can put those kinds of numbers up and three, four months in, you've written $5,000 in premium, you're probably not going to be with us very long. I sounded specific like that's happened before. Yeah, could have. Could have. Guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. And as I end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. I just brought it up to you. Go put numbers on the board. Go make money for your wife, for your husband, for your kids' college fund, for your parents out there and your in-laws that are struggling. Go make money for them. Write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Love you too, buddy. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com 
or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.